Oh, one, two, three. Mila Falls, you're very welcome along to the Brian and Kieran Warfield podcast, the ramblings of two Irish balladeers, featuring Brian Warfield of the fierce and mighty Wolf Tones and his son Kieran, that's me, of the band Catalpa and also of the bandwagon bus Dublin's only musical ballad tour on wheels. So sit back, relax, grab a tea, coffee, beer or wine or whatever takes your fancy as we go rambling through life's misty foggy dew, through stories, songs, history, politics, life on the road and just a general bit of crack. Sash Me Father War from the 1965 Fontana record by the Wolf Tones called The Foggy Jew, Dad. Yeah, well, I thought that the, um, the Sash Me Father War was a very important Irish folk song. And, um, you know, to ignore that or to ignore any part of Irish history would be not being true as a folk artist uh, to the real life of Ireland. But um, I have to say that you know, um, we had a we had a manager in Belfast, Leslie Mann, who was a great. Uh, he would have been a Protestant, but a great Irishman, and uh, he loved rebel songs. And he, you know, there was no reason why. You know, we we were going up to many parts of the north. We were playing in the Ulster Hall. We were singing. Um, we were singing like rebel songs of seventy ninety eight and of Wolf Tone and uh, the Sash before the war was like uh, an anthem for. Um, for the for the orange uh, other people, but it was more than that. It was like the story of the Battle of the Bine, and um, that was an important battle in Irish history, and uh, it shouldn't have been left out in my eyes. But I think we were one of the first uh, to put uh, the green grassy slopes of the Bine to uh, the Sashmi Father War, and made it into one kind of song. But we had at that time. We had a huge following. It was the time of, uh, you know, when the two parts of Ireland were beginning to come together. And uh, we are recognising both uh, both the Protestant tradition and the, uh, the Irish tradition, uh, the nationalist tradition. So 
it, it was a thin line to walk, to walk, you might say, but uh, I think many many of the community, uh, the Protestant community in the north, came on the side of the Wolf Tones. We we played in many many places around uh, around uh, the six counties where uh, there would have been sort of major Protestant areas uh, and uh, places like Porter Down and. The, the, there was a sort of coming together then and people weren't as hard or entrenched and that didn't happen and I only saw it with my friends you know, my Protestant friends in the north when uh, the civil rights movement came around they didn't like it and um, I remember um, they never liked Bernadette Devlin and uh, they didn't like the whole civil rights movement I felt like they they wanted to they wanted to be Irish. Definitely, they felt like Paddies, and you know. Um, and when we sang the sash, it was inclusive. Uh, but um, I'd be sang like the other sounds, like the old orange flute and things like that. But uh, it was it was important to them to have their kind of tradition recognised, and then they could listen to yours. Like we used to sing like uh, many many songs about seventeen ninety eight. Um, and the, the same kind of thing was uh, that was nationalist, nationalist tradition, although many of them were Protestants and Presbyterians. So it's a kind of intertwined um, relationship that we had. And I have to say that, you know, even people like Glenn Barr, who was um, later on one of the unionist leaders in Derry, and he, when um, I think it was uh, the Sunday World put out a questionnaire about what was his favourite band and he came back and he said the Wolf Tones <laughs> so you know there was that crossover yeah and uh, like the Sash and the Old Orange Flute like before the Troubles they were weren't considered their song or, or no, that side well, it, it, was, it, was a, it was a song that was sung all over Dublin all over Ireland probably not yeah. just Dublin but I always remember people saying that it was a song that was sung so, Actually, I think it was when I worked for Waltons and Neil Walton said that was a song that was sung all over Dublin. Yeah, uh, yeah, well, I, we, we kind of popularised it in Dublin because, not that it was unknown, it was yeah. never unknown, but we popularised it because, like, yeah, we put it on the album, we sang it at all our concerts, and um, it was, like, appreciated by Dublin people as much as it was the people of Belfast or Derry or yeah. any other part of Ireland. Yeah. But that all came to a, 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 a an end, I think, uh, during um, after the civil rights. Yeah, after and I think Paisley uh, entrenched a lot of people as well, because like I remember, uh, we went up for a folk concert up in um, up in um, up in his town. What what's um, Bali? I wouldn't know where he's from. <laughs> well, anyhow, I'll think of it in a minute. We went up to his town and we were playing a I concert there. I go backwards. <laughs> <laughs> we, we were playing a show there for the um, for the young the young college kids who had the folk song society, and they advertised it as you know um, the story of the rebellions. Right. And uh, of course, we arrived up in uh, we arrived up in the town hall, the Ballymena. Oh, Ballymena. <laughs> <laughs> and Ballymena, we arrived up there and there was a, a group of uh, protesters outside. Welcome, in, welcome you in. <laughs> to welcome us in. And there were, a few there nice were banners. Like, no, no Republicans in this hall, no blah, you know, no blah. And uh, we found out there were Paisleyites at the time. And uh, so, you know, the, the, the college kids that ran the show or the folk songs society that ran the show, they were, they were, they were all different religions, but mainly Protestant or Presbyterian. And they, they were kind of apologetic to us about it and everything else. So, you know, the concert went ahead and we had a couple of pints with the lads and all in the bar before we went on. We went on and we'd done our show. We'd done the whole show, like we included the sash and everything else. And um, at, the end of the, at the end of the show then, the guy came up and he said, uh, can you do the anthem? I said, no, no problem. Yeah, so... Uh, the, the show ended. We we sang the anthem, but seemingly it was the wrong anthem. <laughs> you don't sing that one in Ballymena Town Hall. No, it's it's the Queen you have to sing. Oh, so you said we don't know it. <laughs> so he sang it. So he sang it. Yeah, and and uh, I went in then I flushed the tide of it to spare Mike as he was singing in the middle of the thing, which is probably not a nice thing to do. But anyhow. 
Uh, you are young and innocent. Yeah, we are ran out of the hall, that's for sure. The, the RAC came into the hall and said, who was the last group that was on there? We have to escort you out of town. So we escorted out of town. When we got outside, they said goodbye to the RAC. We turned around, went back to the pub. I drank with the lads at about four in the morning. <laughs> and then drove back down to Dublin. And then, well, luckily we had a driver, Vincent Clare. All right. Very good. And uh, so because we were doing about the sash, I, I, I did a bit of reading up about it. And one thing I didn't know was, um, and I've passed it many times, uh, going to Kiev, um or when I was working for on Costa Coffee when I used to avoid the tolls and I go the long way around so I wouldn't have to pay all the tolls as I was going back and forth. And uh, when you cross the bridge there, the old metal bridge at Old Bridge there, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And up to the left, there was, there was a, like a, a like blocks. And I always seen, I thought it was the ruins of an old bridge. Yeah. And that's what it was called. Old bridge. But, I said, but then when you look at the other one, it's quite old. And what I didn't realise was there was a... A plint, that's the bottom of a plint of a, a what do you call them, the same as is in Phoenix Park. Oh, yeah, a statue. An obelisk. Yeah. An obelisk. An obelisk. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There was an obelisk there. Really, yeah. Uh, yeah that yeah. was 130 feet high to yeah. King Billy in, in commemoration of King Billy. Really, uh, yeah. And I, I had four different things on the side, you know, of... Yeah, yeah, of, yeah, about the battle and stuff like that, and it was blown up in 1923 from by uh, three lads from Monaghan. They came down and uh, blew it up, blew it sky high. Yeah, well, statues were very in vogue at that time. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was the one on uh, in Dublin on on um, King Billy in on, Dublin on yeah. College Green there. Yeah, that's just right, up yeah. from where Abercrombie, where I used to work. Yeah, and that had to be removed, and that ended up in Australia or somewhere. I think. No, it was Queen Victoria. No, Queen Victoria came off the top of the... Oh, I, yeah. I know, but Queen Victoria ended up in Australia. I, but I, I think King, King Belieder ended up in Australia or in Canada, one or the oh, other. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, probably Canada. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Aussies weren't that uh, orange. Yeah. But yeah, it, it was, it's, um, it's uh, you know, it was a peculiar thing about the Irish. They, you know, they tried to, they blowed up uh, everybody's statue or took down the statues of all... Um, what would have been seen as the heroes of colonialism. Yeah. And uh, like Lord Goff, Goff, they tried Goff about 20 times. And I think, uh, you know, they got bits of him now and again. I think they blew the balls off the horse one time. <laughs> <laughs> poor old horse getting it. <laughs> the poor old horse was, uh, uh, was gilded or whatever they call it. Gilted. <laughs> gelded. Gelded, 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 yeah. yeah. He, got a, he got rid of his balls anyhow. But, <laughs> Yeah, there was there was loads of uh, statues like that that went, uh, they blew up uh, over the years. Yeah. And King Billy was lucky to survive that long because... Uh, he got paint thrown over yeah. and he got tired and feathered. And That's right, he was he was never never liked in Dublin, you know. No. But the Lord Mayor's chain... Is, uh, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. That still has King Billy on it, doesn't it? I, it, it was, does, it was yeah. given given by King Billy in honour of him coming into the city, city yeah, yeah, yeah. as a present to himself. Yeah, but this still, you see, uh, this is what I feel, you know, don't get rid of history. Mm. Uh, the, the thing about it is I don't mind, like even when I've when I seen the statue of Victoria over there in in uh, Australia, mm. and it's in... It's in uh, in this, uh, it's in the Victoria. It's in Sydney. Mm. But um, when I see that, and and uh, you see the statue and its wonderful piece of sculpture and everything else like that, the piece of people, you know, we, we look there and we hear about King, Queen Victoria and everything else and how bad she was during the famine and everything. But at the same time, when you look at that, it's history. Mm. And you, it's the history, you know what the person looked like and everything. You mightn't like what she did or anything else, but it's a reminder. It's a reminder of the history of our country. And it, it always, always annoys me that, you know, they could knock down the statues, but they won't change the street names in Dublin. Yeah, which you is know? the easier thing to do. Yeah, an yeah. easier thing to do. Like yeah. the street names like Haysbury Street, yeah. you know. Lord Haysbury was right during the famine time. And, you know, he was worse than any of them, you yeah, know. And yeah. uh, you have all these, like, uh, 
streets called after West, the Duke of Westmoreland and all these streets in Dublin. So, you know, they found it. I don't know why they, the statue became the target and not the street names. Yeah. And they could have renamed them, you know, in any way that uh, was better than remembering these bloody um, people who were administrating uh, horrible justice to the Irish people. So that's our new campaign to rechange all the names around Dublin, all it, the street names. Yeah, well, you know something? Even if they put a notice up yeah. beside the street name and say, look, Lord Haysbury was, uh, you, you know... The, the, An asshole. Yeah, <laughs> apart from that, he was, he was a terrible, you know, uh, Lord Lieutenant in Ireland during the famine. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he, he basically was, the, you know, the representative of the, the, the king. Yeah. Or the queen, as it was yeah. back then. But so it was important uh, that people should be reminded that this street... It's called after, as you say, the asshole called uh, Lord Haysbury. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I, probably not to call him an asshole, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Probably was. Yeah. He was called worse than that during the famine, I can tell you, by some nationalist people. Oh, I'd say so. I'd like to see what jo, uh, John Mitchell called him. Yeah. <laughs> if only you could go back. Uh, and then the other thing about uh, that uh, the, the people up north uh, from the other persuasion don't like to talk about is that the Pope backed King Billy. Uh, because it was the first, am I right in saying, it was the first ever alliance of the Vatican, Vatican and Protestantism. Protestism. Yeah, protest, Protestantism. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so, well, and, and the other thing that's, that's uh, I think Paisley brought it up, I, put, I rewrote the sash. Yeah. Recently, and we sang it again, and because uh, you get I, a lot of criticism, but you don't. But you no, do, you, no, 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 no. You probably don't know, about it, but I see it online, so you do get a lot of criticism for it. And I try and say, "Well, this is actually." No, no it's but people don't read the words or don't listen to the words; yeah. they just hear the sash, yeah, the music yeah. of the sash, and they go, "Why the fucking wolf tones?" Yeah, well, in the in in the in the song, I mentioned that the the Pope um, uh, back to back to um, the 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 Orange faction, yeah. and. Uh, and the other thing was that they, they wore the green. Yeah. They they wore the green cockade where the, the Irish nationals wore the white cockade. Yeah. So, it, you know, there's a lot of, you know, I think Paisley mentioned that at one stage. I think um, Martin McGuinness might have told him about it. Yeah. It was a war, a war of two houses, really, because it was the Habsburgs against the Augsburgs. <laughs> no, it was. That's what it was. It was two houses. And... The French king, Louis XIV, he was expanding across Europe. Yeah, yeah. And the Pope didn't like it because he was getting, he was becoming too powerful. Yeah, yeah. And so in Denmark, they provided something like 3,000 marksmen to King Billy's army to stop Louis' expansionism. Yeah, but the Germans, and, the Hessians. And the Austrians, yeah. The Austrians provided all the all the horsemen. Yeah, yeah. For, the, you know, because they were yeah. skilled horsemen. And the Pope provided money, which was, I think, around 100,000 at the time. In, they were in better the, equipped and better armed than the Irish faction were. Yeah. Because, like, uh, although the French kind of backed... Uh, they were trained soldiers, whereas yeah, the Irish uh, were just uh, peasants. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. apart from the, the militias... You the know, leaders, the, yeah, 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 people like Sarsfield and all that. Yeah. But, you know, um, it was sad that, you know, that it was so... They they look upon it as a kind of Protestant victory, but it was really a, a Pope's victory. Yeah. And, and you, you know... Exactly what the Pope wanted, which <laughs> yeah. was to stop then, to... Because that was the first victory for the other side. Like, before that, the, um, King Louis had been won, won all the battles. That was the first uh, battle that was won by... I think King Billy was on the Augsburgs and Louis was on the Habsburgs. <laughs> but that's what it was all about. It was all about, you know, the house of the house of this, the yeah, house well, of that. Yeah, well, it wasn't like a, the Pope was at war with French any at that, that particular stage. Yeah. And, and um, so, like, uh, you know, we got caught in a, a war which was really a European war. It wasn't mm. nothing yeah. to do, it wasn't an Irish war. Although the Irish saw it in some way they might have got their land back mm. that had been taken away from After them. Cromwell. Yeah. yeah. So they never got it back and, they, you know, they never won that battle. But if you can play a little bit of the, the new song there uh, on the way out, the new sash, yeah, okay. which kind of tells the um, it tells the story of, um, of, of that. And I know it must have been listened to by... Um, 
Paisley or else uh, Martin McGuinness told him because he had all the facts. To, you know, we wore the green. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a contradiction. Yeah. And uh, King Billy was only in, he was made king of all Ireland, Scotland, England after that, but he was only in power for 13 years. Yeah, he didn't last. A very short reign. <laughs> like his stature. <laughs> he was a small fellow, wasn't he? I, I don't know. Well, about they say the he was small yeah, because yeah. If, you, if you see him on his picture. But it, he looks it, big in his horse. Well, his horse is huge. <laughs> <laughs> he looks small on his horse, in fairness. Maybe they could have got the balls off that one, I don't <laughs> And he, had a, he was lucky to survive because he was shot just before the battle, wasn't he? Yeah, pity you didn't get him. Yeah. yeah. But anyhow, listen, it was a European war. It wasn't a. You know, it was, it was it was kind of a an English war for you know, for you know the the ascendancy in England and that's yeah the Irish got caught up and we had no chance of winning that war. No, because we King James only had twenty three thousand men. Yeah, King Billy had thirty six thousand, half of which were Br- British. Seven thousand seven thousand were Danish, not two thousand. Sorry, yeah. six thousand from Holland and three thousand French Huguenots. Huguenots, yeah, yeah, and then. A certain amount of whatever the rest is left in, in, in uh, Austrians. Yeah. Uh, but there was only t- less than 1,600 casualties, which is yeah, amazing. Like nothing for, really, for, yeah, yeah. The like Kimberley army only lost 300, so that shows you mm. how, unprof- how uh, untrained were, yeah, yeah. were the, the Irish and the Irish King James' size. But King James did a legger anyway. He didn't hang around. But the war hasn't ended. They relive it every year, 20th <laughs> July. <laughs> Which is the second, you know, it's, it has to be the longest war in history. It's going on, it'll probably go on for another century, you know. <laughs> no end to this. Uh, well, I'm all up for celebrating something like, you know, like we celebrate St. Patrick's Day, but it's celebrating... It's global, it's more, yeah. it's more an it's open more thing. Inclusive. Yeah, it's more yeah. it's, it's not like, um, you know, uh, celebrating, you know, victory of one side over another, which... Uh, the Battle of the Bayern was. It's a kind of triumphant thing that we we're now you're nothing. We're we're the rulers of this land, I and mean, it was Protestants over Catholics, and mm. you know, and all that kind of thing. So it's it's not exactly a celebration that uh, we could all celebrate. Not like indeed, seventy ninety eight should be celebrated by all Protestants in the north because of the great um, Protestant uh, rebel tradition that started off in Belfast. And started off in uh, many of the counties of Ulster when they uh, backed the idea of uh, splitting with England uh, because of the way they had ruled the country. And remember that uh, they tried to do what their friends and their relatives had done in America. In America, the Presbyterians and the Catholics fought side by side in Washington's army mm-hmm. uh, to uh, to get the independence of America from what was a, a tyrannical uh, government in uh, England, give, ruling them and trying to take money away like they did in Ireland and use it for their purpose and not for the people's purpose. Yeah. And it was Cornwallis, was it? The- Cornwallis, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cornwallis was, was the man in, who, who um, capitulated to, uh, to, the, to Washington and... He came back. He came back then to Ireland, yeah. and uh, Long Co- Lord Cornwall, as we yeah. called him, um, he was um, he was back here in the seventeen ninety eight uh, rebellion, and uh, he 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 made sure that he wasn't going to lose again. Again, and uh, he he was uh, ruthless in Ireland, it's, and uh, some of the things afterwards were. Yeah, sure. It was a disgrace, you know, the way that uh, that uh, Cornwallis came over here. He decided that he was going to uh, probe the people into uh, into rebellion before they were ready, because he knew like there was undercurrents of rebellion in Ireland, yeah. as there had been in France, as there had been in in America. Yeah. And the funny thing about it, the Presbyterians of Belfast celebrated. Um, Bastille Day, yeah, and the Republic, yeah, and uh, you know I think I put it in one of the songs over in Belfast. They're celebrating Bastille Day. Yeah. The heroes of the day are the freedom-loving men of America and France 
who won their land and liberty. We must take a chance and free this land from tyranny. And it goes on and on and tells a story about the Presbyterians and their their um, their effort to free Ireland from the tyrannical power of um, of England. Yeah. Hi. So, I guess we leave the sash there. It'll never be left alone. <laughs> as a matter of fact, now I have to tell you this: I, I have a sash in my holding here, uh, uh, as one of my, one of my little pieces of history, and it comes from the Dublin branch of the Orange Order. Right. And uh, we used to hold a, a, an auction down the British Inn down there every St Stephen's Day. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> I always worked at it. <laughs> and uh, we used to hold an auction there, but. Uh, Harry Lambert, who was one of the guys from the from the um, from the committee, and he, he came up to me. He says, um, "I won't put it up for auction." He said, "But if you give me twenty five quid, you can have it." I said, "What is it?" He said, "It's my grandfather's orange sash from the Dublin branch of the Orange Order." I said, "You got it." <laughs> so I took it and as a piece of uh, as a piece of history. Uh, and uh, a piece of history of the Orange Order in Dublin. Yeah, very good. Yeah. I've never seen it. Well, it's, probably, it's upstairs yeah. with me with all the other shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's 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 something it's something to me that is kind of special because like uh, I I'm so interested in history that I like I like to have uh, things like that. It yeah. reminds us of the past, just, just like a song. Yeah. And uh, it's always good to be reminded of the past. Um, and you got your vaccinated vaccination. I did, yeah. And uh, I think uh, I got the what the Pfizer by whatever. But anyhow, yeah, it was Pfizer great. one. Did you get the Pfizer one? The yeah. Pfizer one, yeah. yeah. It was great to get it, and uh, you know, it's a bit of a comfort. And uh, anyone I told about it, they said, "Oh, that's great. That's wonderful." Because it seems like, you know, the more people that get it, the safer we're all going to be. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, when your friends here, here you got it, it gives them hope that they'll be coming up next to her, the next group or the next group after that. So it gives people hope to feel that, oh, yeah, I know somebody who got it, you know. And I went, ah, vaccination once again. <laughs> vaccination once again. <laughs> And he booked in for your second one. <laughs> yeah, the second one comes on the 7th of May. 7th of May. Yeah. I was listening today to on the radio and they were saying that uh, they should vaccinate everyone with the first shot instead of giving the second shot. That's what they've done in England more yeah, than... Because uh, they yeah. said it gives everybody some immunity, form of immunity. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. and it makes more sense than giving the second one, you know, because yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. you're already having built up. You know, but I think to the more vulnerable people then, you know... Well, I don't know. Like they say, like uh, after a couple of days, uh, I would have immunity from, not from spreading or from catching it. Or yeah. If I did catch it, it just you it, have the yeah, antibodies. Uh, yeah, so. I, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't be as severe as if I didn't have the vaccine. So that's good to know that you you know you you're safe from getting a, a bad dose of the, of the of the virus again. <laughs> vaccination <laughs> once again <laughs> that's for the second dose <laughs> I had a request on uh, a messenger uh, from Paul Larkin and Paul uh, is a novelist over in um, in Edinburgh he lives in Edinburgh lovely fella and you, you never heard of him have you Paul I can't say I do yeah. no. uh, big Wolf Tones fan really yeah and uh he has his own podcast as well, which is a football podcast about Scottish football. Yeah. Um, I haven't had a chance to listen to him, but I will. But he's asked me to ask you uh, about gigs in Edinburgh particularly. And in particular, he wants to, to know what you thought of a place called The Venue and if you have any memories of gigs that were played there. And then he also wants to know your thoughts on the Edinburgh's finest son, James Connolly. James Connolly. Well, yeah, J James Connolly was a great hero. I'll take that first uh, of mine. And uh, I remember as young boys, he was like, um, he was like a, 
we are very proud to wear the Connolly badge, you know, the Connolly yeah. Youth Association, and what, uh, what it was at the time. And uh, we wore that. Um, and I remember being up in Belfast, we were playing uh, at the Jim Sanders Club in, uh, in, in, uh, in Belfast. And uh, we were on the way back. We, we were built it in different houses, so we, we had to go back with our host, whoever it would be. Yeah. And... Um, it was up in Ardine, and we we built it in a different place. And and myself and Vincent uh, Clare, who was a driver, we we were nominated with this person, and someone else went with that person. We all different houses. But anyhow, on the way back to the houses, um, we were stopped by we were stopped by British troops, and uh, they'd shot out all the lights all around Ardine. You couldn't see a thing. It was total pitch dark, and we nearly bumped into these guys because. They had all the black on their face and everything else like that. So we we were put up against the wall, as the usual thing was, hands against the wall. Did you have a few drinks in it? <laughs> of course we <you> did. <laughs> but, but anyhow, you, 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 he had the gun, they had the guns, so you'd done what you were told. <laughs> but anyhow, um, up against the wall or whatever, and they, they put, you know, it freaked you up and down to see if you got the, uh, frisked you up and down to see if you got the, any guns or yeah. whatever. Anyhow, then, then the guy looks any down. CDs at me. <laughs> <laughs> any CDs or tapes? Any CDs or tapes? No CDs. But he shines a lamp on my James Connolly badge yeah. and he goes, Oh, we got here then. <laughs> and I said, Oh, that's James Connolly's badge. I said, Yeah, the same as that. That's my emblem, the same as that yours up there in your, in your, in your hat, your yeah. badge. You know, so they let us go eventually. But anyhow, when we got out of the, uh, out back to the place, you see, there were small little red brick houses, two up. Yeah, two up. Two yeah, two, yeah, two down. I think it was kind of one and a half yeah. down. But anyhow, um, small little place. But it, they led us to this small bedroom. And I had a kind of a big double bed on one side near the window and a little skinny uh, bed on the side of it. Yeah. So we're walking into the room and uh, Vincent jumps on the big bed. I bagged this one. <laughs> What could I do? Yeah. And I had to get the little skinny bed at the side. But then we were, we were in there and we were getting ready to go to bed and everything. And I looked over the window. There was a couple of bullet holes in the window. In the window? Vincent <laughs> <laughs> had a look at out. Jesus Christ, I'm not going to sleep here. <laughs> Got to get him beside you. In the little skinny bed. <laughs> he didn't. But anyhow, you know, he, he, he had to arrange himself in the bed where he was far from the bullet holes. <laughs> So, you, you know what I mean? Uh, greed never pays off. No. <laughs> I remember when, now this this is, again, when you're thinking back to your childhood, you, you sort of, a lot of it becomes vague, you know, you don't know whether it's true tr or what you remember in your own head. But yeah. did you take us to Kilmainham Jail when it was getting repaired, when it was getting, or when it had just been done up? Because I remember always, thinking that it was James Connolly, you know, when we were out in the yard. Yeah, yeah. Is, there, is that something that would have happened? Yeah, well... I know you took us to Kilmainham Jail quite a few times. Yeah, right? yeah, but, time. like, I think we... Um, we saw Derek Knoll and uh, a couple of our friends uh, from Dermot and, and in Chicago Bluebell. We went down during the renovation of the place, mm -hmm. and at this stage... It was only a small committee from Drimina and Inchicore that were involved in trying to um, clear the place out and try to recover the place as a monument. When did it reopen? I, a, it, it was only taken over, I don't know the exact year now, but it was well, well after that. And, you know, it was like, um, when we went into the place, um, we used to go there every Saturday morning and a Wednesday night. And... It, you got a bowl of soup and, they made, you know, it was just all volunteers. But um, we were down there and they used to say, put your name down the thing there because, you know, this is part of history and all that. So we did put our name down um, one of the times. I think they found it since then. But uh, every every Saturday and every every Saturday morning or afternoon, you got a wheelbarrow and a shovel and a pick. And you were asked to clear out the cells, clear out them, because all the rubble had fallen down. Yeah. And uh, it was like, it was like uh, in big heaps, 
uh, with grass grown on it and everything else like that, very well compacted. So you got your pickaxe out, we filled the barrels and we brought them down and dumped it all there to be taken away later. But that, they they were like just menial jobs that we did, you know, was clearing out cells and that kind of stuff. But um, there were a great crowd of dedicated people and there were at the time... I, I was down there and they were only putting the roof up on the on the jail, which was kind of a, the roof had caved in. And so before they could conserve anything underneath the roof, they needed to repair the roof. And that was the first job they did, apart from like us, uh, the manual workers, whatever. Down there, we were clearing out the cells. And that was their part. But, but I... We were brought around the whole jail. We went, went, you know, you when we got a bit of time. Yeah, access we, all areas. We went discovering around the place, and uh, I remember one of the, one of the guys saying, "You know, this was the torture room down here, and all that." And I, I remember someone saying, "Oh, that's a rack," and I've never seen it in Kamenim Jail, or you know, as part of the exhibits. Mm. But um, we were brought down to the torture chambers there, and where. Um, you know, where they tortured the people. And they had, a, they, in actual fact, they had a cell down there that filled up with water. And the water only came to your head, mm. like to your chin. So in order not to die, you had to stay awake. Jesus. Because if you fell asleep, you'd drown. Yeah. And that was part of the torture. And, um, you, you know, there was horrific things down there, but I, I don't see them exhibited at any time. Yeah, they're not going to show that, are they? <laughs> so, there's probably... I know l- Anne Devlin was put in one of them. Yeah? She was, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, they probably... They don't want you to see that side of... Uh, kind of that side of history. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they like the statues. Yeah. <laughs> don't the, think too much the, about them, Brits. They're really nice people. <laughs> Remember, the nice black and tan. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, was, it says the final restoration of the site was completed in 1971. So, I was two, so... <laughs> I wouldn't have been. You there wouldn't have been there for the no, early one. No, but we did go down. Remember, um, we went down and we made a video there. I don't know whether you were there for that or not. I don't uh, know. I just remember being as a young kid, just being and there. And I remember you telling us about the story of. Oh, that was probably the yeah. time we we made the we made the video there. I done like the poem, and Tommy sang the song. Yeah, could I be. still I have it. Yeah, it. I still have it. Yeah, but. In 1971, the McGill family acted as residential caretakers. Do you remember them, the McGill family? I wouldn't know. When we were down there, we were only really boys. We were like, I I was probably about, when I went down there first, probably about 15. I was there to 16, 70, maybe on and off. So that must have been long before then, because it says the original restoration started in 1960. Yeah, it would have been in the 60s we were there, Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah, no, the, the Society of the Kilmainham Jail Restoration was formed in 1958. Yeah, well, we would have been there in the 60s. Um, it's a great, so, like, it's now, have you have you been to it lately? Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, unbelievable, yeah, like, yeah, the, yeah. the tour of it. Yeah. yeah. But funnily enough, when we went back there, I wanted to sing, um, you know, Patrick Pierce in, in the, uh, it's on our video there, it's actually in the jail. Yeah. And... Uh, the the committee, uh, 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 the Wolf Tones, uh, we don't make this political thing, you know, the Wolf Tones coming down here. And I wouldn't mind Keith Connolly, who was part of uh, the setup that we are doing, working with. And uh, he said, you know, my grandfather was the first one to be shot in 1916 yeah. over City Hall. And I said, do you know something? Else, I said, I was part of the restoration of this place. And you're a bloody, what's a border works guy telling us we can't. Oh, they, they let us into the cell, but they wouldn't let us show around the cell or anything like that. So it was kind of a kick in the arse for us. like yeah. um, Because I think everybody that's been in there since, you've had you two, you've had this person. They've been, yeah. I see filming all over the place. They had your man... Bartello, whatever, he was in Cabanum Jail, yeah. walking around the place, talking about the place, and they refused us admission. Mm. I thought that was wrong. Yeah, definitely. definitely. No doubt about it. Yeah. yeah, no doubt about it. So it just shows you how politics work in this country. Yeah. If you're anyway Republican, um, they, 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 um, they dislike you in the start, 
because you don't give you a chance to um, to prove yourself in any other way. They they label you before you've done anything. Now, once you're in this country, once you're Republican, you're IRA and you're everything else that goes with us. Like you know, they don't. Um... Yeah, well, you know, to be Irish, to be Republican, I mean. It's a wonderful thing. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a, I'm a staunch <laughs> Republican. Um, but the like the, and that's the thing that annoys me because when the likes of the 100th anniversary, they all couldn't wait to get down to to do their bit and be Republican themselves when it suits them. Like you know, when yeah, there's, well, a, I think when there's a vote to be got, or you know, yeah, I think that because of because of the, um, I think it because of the. Um, the influence that Sinn Féin had at that stage, that if they hadn't have done something official, it certainly would have been taken over by Sinn Féin. They would have done something. Mm. And uh, what they did, I wasn't... They, they did some nice things and so, some horrible things. I remember that big concert in... What was it in the theatre, the big theatre or whatever. Yeah. And there was fellas jumping through hoops and swinging out of ceilings and all kinds of things, acrobatic guys yeah. and all that kind of thing. And there wasn't really any mention of what the thing was all about. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we put on a concert at our own expense, a full symphony orchestra. We'd, um, it, the orchestra itself nearly cost 85 grand. Yeah. I was brilliant. Yeah, and and, uh, and I think anyone that was there, I can't remember the numbers you got that weekend. But yeah, it was, but that was all out of yeah, our own pocket. Yeah. It wasn't like it wasn't like uh, financed by government. We got no penny. We didn't get a a, a mention. I offered it to RTE, and they obviously refused it, and <laughs> still do. So yeah, it's available from Vimeo. You can get it on Vimeo now. It's a remarkable concert, and. Uh, I'd written a lot of uh, songs for the for the event and everything else, and of course, Kieran was there <laughs> at the he opened up the show for us, and it, it was a whole wonderful occasion. I was brilliant. I yeah, to say, yeah. like, it was just amazing to be part of that weekend. Like even yeah. everyone, everyone that I meet that that was there that weekend just uh, raves about it. Like you know, yeah, fabulous. Yeah. You know, and I think yeah. everyone would love to revisit that. <laughs> We'd love to, yeah, but unfortunately, yeah. if you don't have COVID, you can't go to City West. <laughs> well, I don't think City West will ever op- reopen as a hotel. <laughs> Do you or, know? No, I really don't. They're no. making too much money. They're, they're, um, they've put planning permission in for all apartments and houses all over. Oh, uh, dear. And, dear, and dear. it's been given, as far as I know. So all the members were thrown off the golf course down there. Oh, dear. And they used COVID as an excuse, of course. And yeah, poor old Jim Mansfield had shrunk in his grave or yeah. moved in his grave and he heard about all that that was that was a plan he had for the future of the area and yeah. uh, I think it worked fantastically well yeah, but no, Jim did a great job yeah him. yeah. but his dreams were shattered yeah so back to the venue do you remember the venue in, in Edinburgh the venue I do yeah I do yeah I yeah. supported you in Edinburgh one couple of years you did, back yeah, you oh, did, where yeah. was that what was the name of that place that was, um, a, that was a great that, venue. that's the classic no, the classic grands in, in, in Glasgow. Uh, what's this? Um, oh, you had a queer name, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember me, so. Yeah, yeah. But it was good. Well, back uh, there, actually, we're back there in November. Yeah. November the 21st, I think. Don't, get me, don't kill me now if I'm wrong, but I think it's the 21st. It's a Sunday night, and, um, yeah, we already had sold tickets for the last one. Yeah. So many people held on to their tickets, and uh, we keep getting asked or, you know, when is the day going to happen? And um, we we just uh, we just confirmed a new date for it uh, on the 21st of November. And hopefully everything is open there. So we're, we're back in Glasgow as well. And, uh, you know, hoping that's uh, open as well. We're in the Classic Grand for two nights. And uh, I think it, we couldn't get the Barrow Lands because the Barrow Lands are only allowing, as far as I know, they're only allowing... Um, Half, uh, half uh, of the people allowed in. At the moment, uh, I think they allow about seventy and eighteen hundred, and now they cut it down to half. And with the cost of the hall and everything else like that, sure, you know, uh, it takes eight hundred people to pay for the show. Never mind to make money yeah, out of it. Yeah. La, ba- La Belle Angel. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> La Belle Angel. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, there's a good gig there too. The nice place, compact, yeah. smallish. But, it is, but uh, there's a good vibe in it. Like yeah, great the, vibe. Yeah. So many allowed in that. Um, I'm not sure. Four hundred and something. It's I think it lot, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so, not. It's not so, a big place, but they can't. They're not allowed to go. You know, yeah, yeah. No, put yeah. too many people in, but. Uh, it'll be the same in it'll be the same in Glasgow. So many people that have their tickets for um, the Barrowlands can change them over uh, to uh, to the dates and uh, the Classic Grand, and uh, uh, no extra charge. Uh, we just send in your tic- name, your ticket number, and all that kind of thing. It'll be cancelled, and you'll be sent out a new ticket for the Classic Classic Grand. So the tickets will not be um, cannot be used a second time. Yeah, and I have to say, I was very jealous looking over at the pictures of everybody in the UK going for pints today. <laughs> Did you see it? Yeah, no, I didn't. But we're allowed to take away pints, so I know we were still allowed to take away pints. I could get takeaway pints. Oh, could you? Yeah, yeah. I couldn't up here. Up yeah, well, the you're in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> where, do you, where do you take it away from? All the pubs around you are closed. Yeah, but we had uh, permanently. We had, yeah, I think permanently is right. Yeah. But I think we had the the great pints. I still remember the two I had down in uh, down in uh, Grey Stones. Oh yeah, that was a great day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. With Paul on the boat, and yeah. they were. I had dreams about that pint for for weeks after that. Yeah, and then uh, I had another one up in Mick Beelins up the road there, and uh, he was doing a podcast, and I. I I said, "Yeah, sure, I'll do it if I get a couple of pints." (laughs) (laughs) So. Well, you can come down to my house on Saturday or Sunday is the Rangers game, actually. You can... Uh, yeah. It's at four o'clock and we can get takeaway points delivered over from Jacobs. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want. Yeah, that, that, it's that a, sounds good. It's been yeah. changed to three o'clock because of... Uh, uh, do they, do they like, do deliver or you go collect? No, they deliver. They deliver, yeah. really? Yeah, deliver fantastic. To your, yeah, deliver yeah. to your door, yeah. Yeah. That'll be worth it. That'll be worth it. I go all right. Uh, any excuse? <laughs> <laughs> sure, come down for dinner. Uh, people don't need to hear this on the podcast. <laughs> We're just rambling on. Here. Um, so yeah, because the Celtic game—it was meant to be on Saturday, but it's been switched now because poor L. Uh, what's his uh, name? The Duke. The Duke. The Duke died. The Duke. Yeah, yeah. Well, well so, if we all see ninety-nine, we won't be yeah. complaining, will we? I thought when people called him a, a, a Nazi, I thought they were just messing like it. And but then, then I seen all the pictures of him at uh, at uh, some wedding with all the, <laughs> all, all, well, the I mean, all, all the Nazis around. Is, isn't that why the Isn't that why the Backland Burgers changed their name to Windsor? Uh, yeah. Because they didn't want to be identified as Germans as they are. Yeah. And uh, the Habsburg? No, they're not the Habsburg. What are they? Yeah, it's the Battenburgers. See, you ever this, have one of this, them? This is back to all these houses again, you know. <laughs> Did you ever have a battered burger? <laughs> no, a battered burger <laughs> and a battered sausage. Anyway, we're getting near 50 minutes, Dad, believe it oh or not. Oh, my God. Um, so, uh, what else? There's nothing else, really. Just play the folks the new version of the sash there. and uh, That's two sashes in one day. Two sashes in one day. Two sashes for the price of one. One is the real sash, the other one is the sash sash. But did you really put the green grassy slopes yeah, in the back? Yeah, That wasn't yeah. in the song before you put it. No, 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 no. You fecker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Two songs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, we'll play out with that, so. And uh, next week we are back with, uh, and believe it or not, because I lost a podcast, we are now nearly up to date, so we're recording this on Monday night. You'll be have it tomorrow, which will be Tuesday, so next week yeah. will be... Will be the Limerick Rake, another great song. Another, yeah, yeah. And uh, so until then, keep spirits up. Uh, you're now allowed outside of your vaccination <laughs> once <laughs> again. Yeah, you can now drive <laughs> out, out within your county. <laughs> so that you can go all the way over to yeah, Arklow and Wicklow. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah, I can, I can. Actually, you can go to Dublin as well. You're, you're within 20k. Yeah, 20 here. kilometers. In yeah, there. I'm, yeah. I'm only like. But it has to be a necessary journey. Every journey is necessary. (laughs) Going for a pint is necessary. All right. Well, listen, folks, thanks again for listening. And uh, don't forget, pass it on to your friends and family and let them know what crack it is to listen to us two fair Egypt's rambling on. 
So uh, we look forward to speaking with you next week. Take care. Have a good one. It's bye-bye from me. And day-day from me. Flan. Oh, it was old and it was beautiful And the colours, they were fine It was warm and very awkward And it's still in and the wine Oh, my father often wore it In the bygone days of yore And it's on the twelfth I love to wear The sash me father wore on the green grassy slopes of the vine Where King Billy and his men fought and died They fought for the glory of religion Where? On the green grassy slopes of the vine It was on the banks of the river Bine The raging battle blazed Two foreign kings were fighting for The English throne they craved now James was backed by Louis of France Which gave the Irish hope Of regaining their land and liberty While King Billy was backed by the Pope, Ooh, the Pope. On the green grassy slopes of the vine Where King Billy and his men fought and died They fought for the glory of religion Where? On the green grassy slopes of the vine Now the Across the vine, the cannon kings and pawns To foreign kings were squabbling for the right to England's throne Then James the coward, he ran away and left the battle scene The Jacobins wore the white cockade, while the Billy Bies wore the green on the green grassy slopes of the vine Where King Billy and his men fought to die They fought for the glory of religion Where? On the green grassy slopes of the vine Now these days are gone and it's time to forget The fights fought long ago King Billy and James are in the grave Where you can't tell friend from foe so let's meet again on the slopes of the vine And view the sash so fine Then it's forward we look and united we will be When there's no more borderline On the green grassy slopes of the vine Where King Billy and his men fought to die They fought for the glory of religion Where? On the green grassy slopes of the vine on the green grassy slopes of the vine Where King Billy and his men fought and died They fought for the glory of religion Where? On the green grassy slopes of the vine Woo!